Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. I want to speak in this service uh, from the thought, lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. Genesis chapter 13 and verse 1. Genesis 13, verse one, it's great to be in Adelaide. What a beautiful city. It gets better every time I'm here. And I just love being in an AFL city because Queensland is full of NRL-loving pagans, but man, to be in an AFL city, I'm an Essendon man and I'm still standing. Hey, it's been a long time, but God is good. It's gonna happen. Genesis chapter 13, verse one, it says this. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the Negev. Now, Abram was very rich. Who knows? You know you're loaded when the Bible says you're loaded. This isn't just Instagram portraying, you know, I'm affluent. This guy was loaded. Uh, he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. Someone say, at the beginning. We're gonna note that later. Between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Aren't you glad that God even used everyday people who had some strife in their life? Some of you want to amen at that point, but you can't because the strife is with the person you're sitting next to. So just amen internally. Wiggle your ears. Do whatever you gotta do to agree with the preacher. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen because we're family. Is not the whole land before you. Separate yourself from me. If you go to the left hand, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere in the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. Jumped down. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward and westward. If you're unfamiliar with the Bible, the first book of the Bible is called Genesis. The first chapter of Genesis, the first verses of Genesis tell us that in the beginning, there was nothing, not a thing. The earth was without form and void until God created something. The Bible tells us that God created ex nihilio. He created out of nothing. I wonder this morning if there's anyone who's grateful that God doesn't need something in order to create. God can take nothingness and create something of beauty and splendor that touches the generations. Anyone here this morning, you're grateful that God took your life when it was without form and void, shapeless, dark, and yet He created something new and colorful and vibrant and hopeful. That's the God that we serve. Even though the earth was without form and void and even though darkness was over the face, of the deep. And even though to the naked eye there was nothing to behold, we have to infer from the Bible that even in that place, the mind of God was alive with imagination. 
Because before it was ever seen with human eyes, God had already seen in His divine imagination lands and oceans. God had already seen stars and seasons. God had seen deserts and forests. God saw mountains and canyons. God saw nations and generations. You could think about it this way. Creation is actually the product of divine imagination. Hebrews chapter 11, verse three says this, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see, everyone say see. What we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You and I today are living in the ideas of God. In fact, what began as mere thoughts in the mind of God, it is now the universe that you and I inhabit today. You can think about it this way, that creation is an inside job. Do you catch what I'm saying today? And part of what makes us uniquely human is our ability to do more than just see what is. Part of what makes us uniquely human is our God-given ability to imagine what could be. You could think about it this way. It's the spark of the divine in every human soul. This is the difference between humans and animals. Animals just think about their next meal and, and, you know, where they're gonna sleep at night. But humans, they're architects and they're engineers and they're creators and they're innovators. And we design cities and compose music and develop artwork. Why? Because the human race has this God-given ability to not just see what is and rearrange the present. We have an ability to see what could be and create that which is not yet by virtue of our imagination. Leonardo da Vinci is one of the most outstanding examples of this in history. Even though he lived in the 1500s and he didn't have the benefit of the technology we have today, he actually imagined machines before they were technically feasible. In fact, he drew sketches of flying machines. That's actually, um, I researched, that's actually the, the, the machine that Jetstar still use today. He imagined flying machines and parachutes. There wasn't even technology ready for it yet, but he had already seen it. He he sketched and imagined robots and diving suits. Why? It's because you and I have this ability to throw our minds forward beyond the here and now to see the there and the then. Of course, God stands alone as the only capital C creator, but the Bible tells us that you and I are created as God's image bearers. We have been made in His image and likeness to partner with Him as co-creators on the planet. Who knows, this is not just a Christian thing, this is a human thing. Think about it this way, the car that you drive three years from now is currently already alive in the imagination of somebody somewhere. Even though we're sitting in a room in Adelaide, the phone that you will use five years from now is currently alive in the imagination of someone somewhere. The TV that you're going to buy, the app that you'll wonder how you ever lived without, currently exists in the mind of somebody. The Netflix series that you will binge hard in 2027 already exists in the mind of somebody. You haven't seen it yet, but someone somewhere has seen it already because the future rarely just happens. But rather the future is created by people of imagination, determination and work ethic. Listen, you and I don't have to look at the future and say, well, we'll just see what happens, whatevs. 
We'll just roll with it. We'll go with the flow. No, God didn't just roll with it and go with the flow. God saw a better world and then He set things in motion in order to create that world. And I wanna tell you, you're not powerless this morning. You don't have to have 2022 just be a repetition of 2021. You've got the ability to see something in your mind's eye and then speak it into being and work it into being and create it into being. You are made in the image of God as a person with a faculty of imagination. I believe that this is why there's a war being waged for your mind. Beyond Blue report that 14.4% of Australians aged between 16 and 85 have experienced an anxiety disorder in the last 12 months. Who knows, you turn on your TV and worry and fear it is being pushed by media outlets every single day. Now, let me just say really clearly, if you're here this morning, if you're watching online and you've experienced anxiety, I am not saying that it's a sin to experience anxiety. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am pointing out is that fear and worry and playing out worst case scenarios in our mind is actually the turning of the imagination against ourselves. Because who knows, the enemy understands that if he can uh, turn your imagination against itself, he can nullify your influence on the future and he can cancel out the potential of all of your gifts and capacity. Do you catch what I'm saying this morning? You see, the faculty that God gave you to inspire faith and vision and creativity and courage can get turned against you and become the very faculty that is used to pump out fear and despair and worry into your mind. I believe there's business leaders in the room this morning and God has given you the ability to come up with creative, innovative insights and new ideas and things that could radically change your industry. You've got that ability, but you just need to put your imagination out of reverse and into overdrive and start to stop rehearsing the past and stop rehearsing what could go wrong and start to use that God-given faculty of imagination to see what could be in the future. Who knows the church? should be leading the way in creativity. The church should be leading the way in innovation because we have not just a faculty of imagination, we know the Holy Spirit who likes to cause us to dream dreams and see visions. When people say, Pastor, are we living in the last days? I say, I hope so. Because I've read the Bible and it says in the last days, the Spirit will be poured out on all flesh and young men will dream dreams and old men will see visions. Who knows, the Bible says that we have to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. Listen, God wants your imagination. Don't switch it off. It's not child's play. Your imagination is the canvas that the Holy Spirit sketches your potential and your future upon. Give your imagination to God and watch what He can do. Some of us are just going through the emotions and we're just doing our thing and I just want to get through to Christmas, I want to provoke you this morning to put your imagination into overdrive and see what God could do. Who knows, it's time to lift our eyes. And when we get back to Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abram when all he could see was nothingness and void. He's got no land, he's got no children, and he has no prospect of either. And yet God comes to him and says, Abram, I know you can't see it with natural eyes, but there's a land that I wanna show you. And you're, you're gonna have a family that will become a nation that will touch the nations. And so in a very real way, what we call the nation of Israel today was actually birthed in an imagination set alight by a promise from God. Is this helping anyone today? 
couple of verses later. Abraham, he is God. He steps out in faith in Genesis 12, verse four. And then by Genesis 12, verse six, a famine hits the land and Abraham has to go down to Egypt. Have you ever felt like that? God speaks to you so you take a step of faith and six verses later, all hell breaks loose? Ever felt like that? You made that pledge in that miracle offering. You heard God. You took a step of faith in your business. You started that small group. You listened to God. You took, and then six verses later, you're like, how did I get into a famine? And that's exactly what happens. Abraham and Sarah, they go down to Egypt. And when he arrives in Egypt, he fears for his life. He fears that he's gonna be murdered because of the beauty of his wife, Sarah. Gotta say, I can relate. So Abram devises a ploy based on a half-truth. He tells Sarah to tell everyone that she's actually his sister. Just wanna point out, on that part, I can't relate. It's a selfish move based out of fear that God wouldn't protect him. Well, the plan backfires, God rescues him, and then we pick up the passage that we've just read in Genesis chapter 13. And so we find Abram, he's tried to honour God, but it's not working. He's made some mistakes along the way and he's at a point of frustration, disappointment, and wondering when and how this is all going to work out. Wonder if there's anyone there, anyone here this morning who's ever been in that place. God, I feel like you gave me a dream. God, I feel like you gave me an idea. God, I stepped out in faith, but I've made some mistakes along the way and it's not working out the way I thought it would, and I thought I'd be further along than I am right now, and it's right at that moment of frustration, failure, and disappointment that God comes to Abram and says, Abram, now's the time I want you to lift up your eyes. Don't you love that about the heart of God? That when we are at our lowest ebb, God doesn't come and say, you better hang your head in shame, you failure. The Bible says in Psalm three that He is our glory and the lifter of our head. Let me share five times where you need to lift up your eyes. Number one is this, when life hasn't gone as planned. Who knows, we all make plans, but they rarely happen. The start of 2020, I preached this series in Calvary, grand plans, small steps, you gotta have a plan for your life and everyone wrote down their plans and their dreams. By April, I had thrown that out the window in anger because COVID ruined all of our plans. And sometimes we have these well-laid plans and we think now God, I've pretty much done all the work for you, God, now you just need to bless it. Anyone else been like that? Well, Abram had a plan. Abram going on this journey with Lot was a great plan because Lot's father had passed away. And so Lot was a young man without a father. And Abram was an older man without a son. And so Abram and Lot together, it just made sense. You had a fatherless young man and a sonless old man. And so it just worked. And so when Lot walked away from Abram and they split up, it represents their well-laid plans falling to pieces. Come on, is there anyone in church this morning, you've ever had some well-laid plans that just fell to pieces? Sometimes I think heaven should employ me as an external consultant because I've got some ideas about how we could sort things out around here and I could give God some advice about how things should go. And Abram must have been in that place where he says, come on God, the plan worked. And yet Abram's plan has fallen apart, but what God needed him to see is that his plan was still in motion. Proverbs 16 verse nine says, a man's heart plans his way, but it's the Lord who directs his steps. And someone in church this morning needs to hear that even though your plans haven't gone according to plan, God is still directing your steps in the midst of the chaos. When, uh, when COVID happened in March last year in our Calvary Cairns campus, we've been renting a high school hall 
And it was a great plan. It's about $500 a week. It was low rent. It worked. We had room to grow. And, uh, and then COVID happened and ruined all of our plans. And then we wanted to get back into the building and the PNC committee of the school had other plans. Who knows? You don't mess with a PNC committee. It's comprised largely of mothers-in-law. And so um, it's factual. Um, and so we were like, God, this is not going according to plan. And, and right when we could have hung our head down, we thought, what if God could direct our steps in this season? And so we started to think, well, how could we lift our eyes? And so we started to look for, maybe we could believe to purchase a property in this season. We hadn't thought of it, but it was the falling apart of our plans that put us in a place where we had to lift our eyes. And so we found a five cinema complex in the heart of Cairns that had been vacant for years. And for the first time we looked at it, we toured around it and we started to dream, what if this could be our new church home? And so I can let you know that we've now got the keys, $3 million purchased, renovated. We're moving in in a few week's time. Listen, I want to tell you this morning that when things haven't gone according to plan, that's not a time to drop your head. That's the time to lift your eyes because God must have something better in store for you. Number two is this, when you've experienced shame and embarrassment. You know, we've talked about Abram's episode in Egypt and it was not kind of the thing that you put on your Instagram story. It was, not, it was not one for the highlights reel. And the truth is, from time to time, we find ourselves where we've made regrettable decisions and we find ourselves in situations that reveal the broken, selfish aspects of our character. And, and we all have some situations where we think, man, I thought I was better than that. I thought I was beyond that now. I didn't think I was that broken and imperfect. And I've found that nothing deflates my vision and confidence like a reminder of my own brokenness because it just got really quiet in church. Because I start to think, God, who am I to believe that you could use me like that? And God, why would you wanna work with a person like me? Nothing saps vision like a guilty conscience. And sometimes we can lose our decision-making confidence because we wonder, would God still wanna use a person like me? And you might be in church this morning. In fact, I know you're in church this morning. I'm pretty prophetic like that. But you might be here today and you say, Man, Dustin, you don't understand. Like, I, I literally stuffed up yesterday. Well, I've got good news for you today. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. And so the Bible says even when we are faithless, He is faithful. And so, listen, lift your eyes again. Just because you're not perfect doesn't mean God can't use you. Start to lift your eyes and dream again. Number three is this. I hope this is helping some people. Number three is this. When you've experienced a measure of success, it's when you need to lift your eyes. Abram, the Bible says, was very rich. And who knows, when you've experienced a measure of success, the temptation is to think, do I really need the discomfort of taking steps of faith? Abram didn't need to be wandering around a desert trying to get a nation and a land for future generations. He could have settled down, built a double-story tent, put a pool in, and just relaxed. The guy was loaded. You know, sports psychologists often like to study sporting teams that can win consecutive premierships. They've never studied the Essendon Bombers, my AFL team, because we're not that successful. Crow supporters, don't you laugh. But when you experience a measure of success, it can dull your appetite for more. And who knows, Abram didn't need all of this discomfort and risk. He had enough money to settle down and enjoy a comfortable life. And sometimes success is the very thing that keeps us from a life of significance. 
Sometimes it's the blessing of God on our lives that keeps us from the future God has for us because we become too easily satisfied with a measure of success and we settle down for a comfortable life instead of taking fresh steps of faith and lifting our eyes to greater horizons. I was having um, dinner a few weeks ago with one of the business guys in our church and I know for a fact he just sold an insurance company to a company in London for a lot of money. Well, then he's telling me about all the stress and the problems that he's trying to solve because he's running a production company at the moment. And who knows, if you have an outdoor production entertainment company, COVID has not been kind to you. It's been chaos. He has been trying to keep all of his staff on the payroll. He's had a whole lot of events that have been cancelled. And he's talking to me about all this. And, and partway through, I go, hey, just why are you running this business? Like, you don't need to. I've seen your house and your cars and your Harley Davidson and your half pipe in your front yard next to your giant swimming pool. Why are you doing this? And he goes, oh, that business, that's my kingdom business. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, all the money I make from that business goes to fund missions and kingdom initiatives right around the world. And I thought to myself, you are a real Christian. Because who knows, if he was looking for a life of ease, he could have just settled back and retired. And yet he had learnt a key. God always can take you from strength to strength, glory to glory. And, and there is nothing more, listen to me, there is nothing more Christ-like than being in a comfortable place of blessing and yet determining, you know what, I'm gonna lift my eyes and for the sake of others, I'm gonna take steps of faith. Isn't that what Jesus did? Even though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself of his divine privilege and he came as a servant. Why? Not for his sake, but for our sake. Listen, some of us here today, God has been very good to you and it's time to lift your eyes because God has got a whole lot more for you. Why couldn't God add a few more zeros to your business bottom line? Why couldn't God multiply connect groups from out under your leadership? Why couldn't God use you? Oh, listen, God has got so, do you believe this this morning, influencers? Come on, God has got more in mind for you. I meet some people in church and I say, are you in a connect group? They go, no, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to be in a small group, I'm good. I always punch those people. In Jesus' name. I always, I always think, have you ever heard of like the concept of like, you know, other people? And, and maybe the reason you're good, maybe the reason God's blessed you, maybe the reason God has given you an assurance of faith and perspectives and got you a, a strong, maybe that wasn't for you. Maybe it was for other people. And can you see why I punched them? Listen, maybe the reason why God has blessed you is not so you can settle back, but so you can lift your eyes to greater horizons. I believe this for Influencers Church. Hasn't God been good to this church? But, but wouldn't it be like God to have a whole lot more for this church? I tell you, you wanna be in church for Vision Month because who knows, God has called us to lift our eyes and see more campuses, more communities, more people. Some of you should be clapping more right now because who knows, this is a great church with an amazing future. Don't let success keep you from significance. Number four is this, when you've experienced strife and relationship tension. That's when you need to lift your eyes. I heard recently the story about a young boy who asked his dad, dad, how were people born? And his dad said, well, Adam and Eve, they made babies and then their babies had babies and you know, their babies had babies and, and so on. Well, then the boy went to his mum and asked mum the same question. And she told him, well, we were monkeys and then we evolved to become like we are now. Well, the kid ran back to his dad and said, dad, you lied to me. His dad replied, no, 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 son, your mum was talking about her side of the family. <laughs> I find the further I am from my wife, the bolder I get. 
Who knows nothing drains your creative ability like relationship strife and tension? Now, I know you don't experience strife because you're a Christian and you're in church this morning, but if I could just speak to you on Monday, that'd be great. Because all of us go through relationship tension and strife, and and here's why it drains our creative ability. Because we start using our imagination to rehearse previous conversations and think about what we should have said. Have you ever been shampooing your hair, but while you're shampooing your hair, you're thinking about that board meeting, and if you had your time again when they said that, you would have said this, and it would have been amazing. Everyone would have gone, wow, and then you would have dropped the mic and walked out. Have you ever done that? Or you're rehearsing that, that argument that you have with your spouse. You think, man, if, if, if she brings it up again, I'm ready. I'm ready. I know what I'm gonna say. It's amazing. And the whole time, you're using the faculty that God gave you to conceive vision and future purpose and creativity. You're use, you've put it into reverse and you're using it to rehearse previous conversations that are never gonna come up again. And so sometimes you need to say, you know what? I'm not gonna win the argument with Lot. Lot, if you wanna go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you wanna go to the left, I'll go to the right because I'm committed to being a peacemaker. Let me tell you why it's important. Some of you are like, what's this got to do with vision? Well, it's hard to see the future when you're kicking up dust. And some of you have been arguing about stuff for the last two years and wondering why you've lost your vision. It's because you're so big, you're in a sandstorm because you keep fighting with people and demanding your rights. Let it go. Let the spirit of Elsa come upon you and just let it go, let it go. Just let it go. Who knows, God can bless a large-hearted, generous person. And so don't be a squabbler, be a peacemaker. Just bless people, wave them goodbye, and then let God get on with your future. Number five is this, when you feel like you're going in circles. I don't know if you picked it up, but verse three says that Abraham journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and and AI. And so you've got a feel for Abram because after all of the steps of faith and after all of the risk and after all of the energy output, he finds himself back where he started. And I wonder this morning if there's anyone in church or watching online that you can relate to that. After all the steps of faith and after the business plans and after the risk taking and after the relationship conflict and after everything I've journeyed through, I don't feel like I've made any progress at all. Does this relate to anyone or just the preacher this morning? When you feel like, you know what, the church hasn't grown, the business hasn't grown, the kids haven't gotten back to church yet, after all of the effort, all of the quarreling, all of the striving, I'm back to where I started. Is there any discouragement that can settle on your soul that is greater than the discouragement of feeling like you're making no progress? And this is where Abram finds himself back where he was at the beginning. And it's right there in that moment that God comes to Abram. We're gonna close this in five minutes, but look at what God says in verse 14. He says, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. Who knows, God can bless you in any direction. For all the land that you see, I'll give to you and your offspring forever. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth. You're gonna have heaps of babies, even more than Dustin and Sarah. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land. I'm gonna give it to you. So Abraham moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Let me share with you as you close three things that you and I can do to imagine again. Number one is this, you gotta lift your eyes and look. You've gotta lift your eyes and look. I believe this is a word from God for some of us today. You're in church today because you needed to hear, it's time to lift my eyes and start to dream again. I don't know if you picked it up, but the Bible says that God said to Abram, I want you to lift up your eyes and look from, everyone say from, from the place you're in. But here's what I tend to do. I tend to look at the place I'm in. 
and I look at the place I'm in and then I get despondent and I get discouraged and I stop dreaming about a bigger, brighter day. But God says to Abram, don't just look at the place you're in. I want you to start to look from the place you're in. In other words, you can look at your current circumstances and see them as an end point or you can see them as a starting point. You can see them as a launch pad or you can see them as a cul-de-sac. And sometimes you've got to hit reset factory settings on your imagination and decide, you know what, I'm going to stop looking at the place I'm in and I'm going to start to look from the place I'm in. Who knows where you are is not where you'll always be. Your kids won't always be toddlers. Praise the Lord. It's not always going to be like this, so don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Stop looking at the place you're in and start to look from the place you're in. This is how I do it. This might be the one take home you take. On days when it's a challenge to lead Calvary Church, not many, but there's days. End in why. Um, sometimes I'll have to hit reset on my mind. And, and here's what I do. I, I, I talk to myself and, and I say, Dustin, if someone came to you today and said, do you want to start a church? And, and it's gonna be in seven cities. You're gonna have debt-free buildings in these locations. You're gonna have these amazing team. You're gonna have this unbelievable congregation. You're gonna have this level of influence. What would you say? And as I talk to myself, I always say, that's amazing. Of course I would say yes. And just doing that exercise resets my imagination to say, listen, stop complaining. Stop lamenting what you don't have and stop complaining about what went wrong and start to thank God for where you are because you know what? This is not an end point. This is a starting point if I'm willing to lift my eyes and look. Number two is this. You need to, uh, you, you need to arise and move. You need to arise and move. God says to Abraham, come on, get up, arise and walk through the length and the breadth of the land. Now, it wasn't that Abram was lying dormant on the ground like a dead fish. God didn't, wasn't literally saying, get up physically. He was saying, Abram, it's time to arise in your spirit because defeat and difficult circumstances can make you to lay down in your spirit and stop acting like a man or a woman of faith. And so God has to say to Abram, listen, you're not stuck. You're not without a move. You're able to get up and move and you're able to start to walk through the length and the breadth. When's the last time you walked through the length and the breadth of your dreams? When's the last time you arose in your spirit and started to walk like someone with a promise from God? Listen, stop laying down and rolling over. Stop acting like someone who does. Stop being a Christian atheist. If you're gonna believe in God, then live like you believe it. So it's time to get up and start to arise in your spirit and say, you know what? There's still a promise from God for my life. There's still a calling upon my life. I've made some mistakes, but God didn't make a mistake when He called me and start to walk like someone with a promise from God. Listen, some of you have lost your decision-making grunt and you're starting to feel like, well, I'm stuck and I can't do anything. Listen, you're two or three decisions away from momentum again. You're not powerless. You start to get up in your spirit and start to walk and talk and act like someone who's got a promise from God. Number three, last one is this. Is this helping anyone today? Last one is this. You need to build an altar and worship. The Bible says that there, Abram built an altar to the Lord. You know, altars were a picture of a place of worship and sacrifice. The altar in the Old Testament was a place where the divine and the human interacted. They were a place of communication. They were a place of download from heaven to earth. And God always responded to altar activity. And here's what I've noticed in me. 
I've noticed for me that when my worship dies, my dreams and imagination start to die as well. But who knows, church, there's something about worship that it lifts our hands and it lifts our eyes and it lifts our mind to another realm. Doesn't the Bible say, set your mind on things above where Christ is? And worship has a way of lifting my eyes to the possibilities of what could be. Influences Church, I wanna tell you, this is a season to lift your eyes and start to see what could be. Next month, as Pastor Josh and Shana start to talk about the future, who knows, as a church, we step up and we arise and we say, come on, let's look to the north and the south and the east and the west because you know what? There might've been a season of frustration and disappointment and failure, but that's not where we're gonna camp. We're gonna lift our eyes and we're gonna build another altar. We're gonna start to worship again. We're gonna start to praise Him again. We're gonna start to believe again. Come on, in every direction God can bless you if you start to arise and lift your eyes. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what, the past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer, or you wanna know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.